Welcome to the Chapter Review Podcast for Scanlon and Sanders' Essentials of Anatomy and Physiology, 6th edition. Chapter 13. The Vascular System The vascular system consists of the arteries, capillaries, and veins through which blood travels. Arteries and arterioles Arteries and arterioles carry blood from the heart to the capillaries. Their walls have three layers. The inner layer, or tunica intima, is made of simple squamous epithelial tissue, or endothelium. Endothelium is very smooth to prevent adhesion of platelets and abnormal blood clotting. It secretes the vasodilator nitric oxide and the vasoconstrictor endothelin. The middle layer, or tunica media, is made of smooth muscle and elastic connective tissue. It contributes to the maintenance of diastolic blood pressure. The outer layer, or tunica externa, is made of fibrous connective tissue to prevent rupture. Constriction or dilation of arteries is regulated by the endothelium and the autonomic nervous system. Veins and venules. Veins and venules carry blood from the capillaries to the heart. The walls of veins have the same three layers as the walls of the arteries, but with some differences. The inner layer is endothelium. In veins, however, the endothelium is folded into valves to prevent the backflow of blood. The middle layer is smooth muscle, but a thin layer, because veins are not as important as arteries in the maintenance of blood pressure. The outer layer is made of thin fibrous connective tissue, because veins do not carry blood under high pressure. Anastomoses are connections between vessels of the same type. An anastomosis provides an alternate pathway for blood flow if one vessel is blocked. Arterial anastomoses provide for blood flow to the capillaries of an organ. An example of an arterial anastomosis is the circle of Willis leading to the brain. Venous anastomoses provide for return of blood to the heart and are most numerous in veins of the legs. Capillaries Capillaries carry blood from arterioles to venules. Capillary walls are simple squamous epithelial tissue. They are one cell thick to permit exchanges between blood and tissue fluid. Oxygen and carbon dioxide are exchanged by diffusion through capillary walls. Blood pressure in capillaries brings nutrients to tissues and forms tissue fluid in the process of filtration. Albumin in the blood provides colloid osmotic pressure, which pulls waste products and tissue fluid into capillaries. The return of tissue fluid maintains blood volume and blood pressure. Pre-capillary sphincters regulate blood flow into capillary networks based on tissue needs. In active tissues, they dilate. In less active tissues, they constrict. Sinusoids are very permeable capillaries found in the liver, spleen, pituitary gland, and red bone marrow to permit proteins and blood cells to enter or leave the blood. Pathways of Circulation The pulmonary pathway begins at the right ventricle. Blood is pumped to the pulmonary artery, flows to the pulmonary capillaries, where exchange of gases occurs, and then to the pulmonary veins to the left atrium. The systemic pathway begins as the left ventricle. Blood is pumped into the aorta, to the capillaries and body tissues, to the superior and inferior caval veins to the right atrium. 
In hepatic portal circulation, blood from the digestive organs and spleen flows through the portal vein to the liver before returning to the heart. The hepatic portal circulation is necessary because the liver stores some nutrients or regulates their blood levels and detoxifies potential poisons before blood enters the rest of the peripheral circulation. Fetal Circulation The fetus depends on the mother for oxygen and nutrients and for the removal of waste products. The placenta is the site of exchange between fetal blood and maternal blood. The two umbilical arteries carry blood from the fetus to the placenta, where carbon dioxide and waste products enter maternal circulation. The umbilical vein carries blood with oxygen and nutrients from the placenta to the fetus. The umbilical vein branches. Some blood flows through the fetal liver, while most blood flows through the ductus venosus to the fetal inferior vena cava. The foramen oval permits blood to flow from the right atrium to the left atrium to bypass the fetal lungs. The ductus arteriosus permits blood to flow from the pulmonary artery to the aorta to bypass the fetal lungs. These fetal structures become non-functional after birth, when the umbilical cord is cut and breathing takes place. Velocity of blood flow Velocity is inversely related to the cross-sectional area of a segment of the vascular system. The total capillaries have the greatest cross-sectional area and slowest blood flow. Slow flow in the capillaries is important to permit sufficient time for exchange of gases, nutrients, and wastes. Blood pressure is the force exerted by the blood against the walls of the blood vessels. Blood pressure is measured in millimeters of mercury, systolic, diastolic. Systolic pressure occurs during ventricular contraction. Diastolic pressure occurs during ventricular relaxation. The normal range of systemic arterial blood pressure is 90 to 120 over 60 to 80 millimeters of mercury. Blood pressure in the capillaries is 30 to 35 millimeters of mercury at the arterial end and 12 to 15 millimeters of mercury at the venous end. This is high enough to permit filtration, but low enough to prevent rupture of the capillaries. Blood pressure decreases in the veins and approaches zero in the caval veins. Pulmonary blood pressure is always low, because the right ventricle pumps with less force. Pulmonary pressure is about 20 to 25, over 8 to 10 millimeters of mercury. This low blood pressure prevents filtration and accumulation of tissue fluid in the alveoli. Maintenance of systemic blood pressure Venous return is the amount of blood that returns to the heart. If venous return decreases, the heart contracts less forcefully. This is Starling's Law, and blood pressure decreases. The mechanisms that maintain venous return when the body is vertical are the constriction of veins forces blood toward the heart. The valves prevent backflow of blood. The skeletal muscle pump is the contraction of skeletal muscles, especially those in the legs. These contractions squeeze the deep veins. The respiratory pump is the pressure changes created by inhalation and exhalation. These pressure changes expand and compress the veins in the chest cavity. If heart rate and force increase, Blood pressure increases. 
Peripheral resistance is the resistance of the arteries and arterioles to the flow of blood. These vessels are usually slightly constricted to maintain normal diastolic blood pressure. Greater vasoconstriction will increase blood pressure, and vasodilation will decrease blood pressure. In the body, vasodilation in one area requires vasoconstriction in another area to maintain normal blood pressure. The elasticity of the large arteries contributes to blood pressure. Ventricular systole stretches the walls of large arteries, which recoil during ventricular diastole. Normal elasticity lowers systolic blood pressure, raises diastolic blood pressure, and maintains normal pulse pressure. The viscosity of the blood depends on red blood cells and plasma proteins, especially albumin. Severe anemia tends to decrease blood pressure. Deficiency of albumin, as in liver or kidney disease, tends to decrease blood pressure. In these cases, compensation such as greater vasoconstriction will keep blood pressure close to normal. A small loss of blood will be rapidly compensated for by faster heart rate and greater vasoconstriction. After severe hemorrhage, these mechanisms may not be sufficient to maintain normal blood pressure. Hormones that regulate blood pressure include norepinephrine, epinephrine, antidiuretic hormone, aldosterone, and atrial natriuretic peptide. Norepinephrine stimulates vasoconstriction, which raises blood pressure. Epinephrine increases cardiac output and raises blood pressure. ADH increases water reabsorption by the kidneys, which increases blood volume and blood pressure. Aldosterone increases reabsorption of sodium ions by the kidneys. Water follows sodium and increases blood volume and blood pressure. ANP increases excretion of sodium ions in water by the kidneys, which decreases blood volume and blood pressure. Distribution of blood flow. Metabolically active tissues require more oxygen than less active tissues and receive a greater proportion of the blood volume as it circulates. Blood flow is increased by the dilation of arterioles and precapillary sphincters. In less active tissues, arterioles and precapillary sphincters constrict. Organs receive sufficient oxygen and blood pressure for the body as a whole is maintained within the normal range. Regulation of blood pressure involves intrinsic mechanisms and nervous mechanisms. Intrinsic mechanisms include the heart and the kidneys. The heart responds to increased venous return by pumping more forcefully. This is Starling's law. Cardiac output and blood pressure increase. The kidneys respond to decreased blood flow with decreased filtration. This decreases urinary output to preserve blood volume. Decreased blood pressure stimulates the kidneys to secrete the enzyme renin, which initiates the renin-angiotensin mechanism that results in the formation of angiotensin II. Angiotensin II causes vasoconstriction and stimulates secretion of aldosterone. Nervous mechanisms include heart rate and force and peripheral resistance. For the nervous regulation of heart rate and force, see Chapter 12. The medulla contains the vasomotor center, which consists of a vasoconstrictor area and a vasodilator area.
The vasodilator area brings about vasodilation by suppressing the vasoconstrictor area. The vasoconstrictor area maintains normal vasoconstriction by generating several impulses per second along sympathetic vasoconstrictor fibers to all arteries and veins. More impulses per second increase vasoconstriction and raise blood pressure. Fewer impulses per second bring about vasodilation and a drop in blood pressure.